Hey, and welcome back to the Straight Shooter Recruiter. I'm Emily, a senior recruiter by day, podcast host by night, and now YouTuber on the weekends? What? Did she say YouTube? Yeah, guys, it's official. I am on YouTube. My account is the Straight Shooter Recruiter. What is different about my YouTube channel, you might ask? Well, we're going to cover a lot of similar topics in terms of careers and networking, but what you're going to get is a lot more visuals. We're going to get super in-depth. We're going to have some fun guests. I'm so excited for what this channel is going to be. So make sure you subscribe, go and check it out. But hello! Wow, it's December, like not early December, it is deep in December. Today, the day I'm recording this is December 21st. It's a really cool evening in Toronto. I feel very holiday season, so to speak. So I was really, really eager to hop behind this mic and get an episode ready to release this week. Gosh, I am so amped. Today's episode is going to be a Q&A. These are my favorite to record. You guys know this. And honestly, based on how many of you download these episodes, I'm going to say they're your favorite too. So get comfortable. Let's hang out. I'm so ready to answer your questions. If you're sitting at home wondering how you can get your questions answered, or maybe you have a really good topic you want covered on the show, head over to my Instagram. That is the best way for us to connect. It's at emily.the.recruiter, but I always put the link in the descriptions for the episodes to check out as well. Oh my gosh. Before I start answering some of the absolutely amazing questions that you guys sent in, and no surprise, your questions are always so good, so thoughtful, so relevant. I'm obsessed with you. Thank you. I just have to address the fact that we are almost done 2020. Like moment of silence. What was that? What was that whole year? I don't even know how to process it. How are you guys feeling? I feel as though this year was a lot. It was a lot to process. I do think a lot of people I've spoken with found lots of opportunities, you know, to grow and to get comfortable being on their own, but there was just so much heartbreak and heaviness this year that I hope going into 2021 we all feel some degree of relief or optimism. And I know the world's problems are not going to disappear the second the clock strikes midnight, but oh my gosh can they? Like, imagine if they could. Wouldn't that be nice? I have to thank you guys for, honestly, like, I could cry saying this. You guys know I don't get very emotional on the show. In my real life, I get very emotional. Um, But I can't thank you guys enough for this year. Like, the podcast is almost one year old, and the amount that we've grown over the last year is crazy. I can't, like, I could cry. Listen to me. Listen to my voice cracks. Get it together, Emily. I literally started recording this podcast in my parents' house with a microphone that I bought off of Amazon. My first episode I released, I think I had like 90 listeners and I was so excited that 90 people listened. Like that was huge. And now I look at the data and analytics report that I get from like Spotify and from Apple and from Anchor and to hear that literally hundreds of thousands of people have listened to the show and that I made some of your Spotify wrapped playlists like I, this is crazy. This is madness. I, it still doesn't feel real. I am like absolutely speechless about it, but all I can say is thank you. Like, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, for your ratings, for your reviews, and thank you for caring about my advice. And I hope it helped. And wow, that this is such a rant, but I could not start one of the last episodes of the year without a thank you. And thank you for making the straight shooter recruiter, like literally my passion project, a thing. Thank you. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you. 
I think you already know my style for these Q&A videos. I literally am going through my Instagram DMs, pulling out the most popular questions and answering them on the spot. You guys tend to really like these more casual style episodes. So that's what we're doing today. So if I kind of pause or have to think, I'll probably edit it out so you think I'm a genius, but I'm answering them on the spot. So that's probably why. So one question that I got actually a few times, which I was um, pleasantly surprised about because this is something I've been asked a few times is how early can we arrive to our Zoom interviews? Now for an in-person interview, I would have said show up 10 to 15 minutes early, you know, that's a good range. For virtual interviews, you never know if another interview is happening on that same Zoom link right before yours. So my recommendation is show up two to three minutes early and not too much more than that. That's just my rule of thumb. Someone said, how can I stand out in my written applications? My default answer is be, you know, be sure that your resume is really strong. Have a really strong design. Head over to websites like Resume Genius or Canva to get a really good template going and make sure that you've written it in a way that highlights what you did. It's all about action verbs, okay? Action verbs are verbs that put you at the center of the action in your work experience descriptions. Those are truly game changers. So that is really good advice. Should I write my resume in point form or in paragraphs? Point form all the way. I'm sorry, no one's going to read a paragraph. Recruiters are lazy people. I always say this, but we really just scan resumes. We don't read them word for word. So point form, always best. Someone says how to reject a job offer, but still keep a good professional relationship with that company. That's a fire question. Thank you for asking that. Wow. I think this is brilliant. So what I would recommend saying is get on the phone with the recruiter or whoever it was that extended you that offer. Send them an email, say, hey, I'd love to hop on the phone for five minutes. I always recommend doing it over the phone. It feels less harsh that way. Um, and they're able to kind of hear your tone of voice, your empathy, et cetera. My kind of advice would be honest, you know, be honest about why you aren't accepting that offer. So get on the phone, make sure you thank them and say, I really appreciate the offer. Unfortunately, because of blah, 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 the compensation or the location of the office, I won't be able to accept, but I'm really grateful for your time. And I really want to make sure that we stay in touch because I had a great experience with you. So be grateful, but also be honest because they'll be able to see through it if you know, you're kind of BSing your reason for declining. How do I stay motivated? Oh, such a good question. Okay. I actually have a controversial opinion about this. Um, so feel free to disagree. If you disagree, DM me, because I would love to hear your perspective on this. I'm a firm believer that motivation is really short-lived. And in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it matters all that much. And hear me out. I know this sounds crazy. So imagine you start a new project or you start a new resolution. I mean, we're talking about New Year's resolutions. We're heading into January. This is the perfect example. At the beginning of January, you have a resolution in your head. I'm going to work out five days a week. And the first couple of weeks, you're so motivated. You've got your goal in your mind. You're doing it. You're like doing Barry's boot camp six days a week. You're feeling great. February hits. You're over it. You're like knee deep in a bag of potato chips. It's done. You've killed the goal. And I think the reason for that is we rely as humans humans on being motivated to get things done, right? We always have this focus or this ideal of I'm motivated, so I'm going to do this. But I'm a firm believer that if we rely on motivation, probably not a whole lot is going to get done in the grand scheme of things. And I think it's because we need to shift our attention to discipline instead of motivation. So when you're feeling really motivated at the beginning of a project or at the beginning of the school year, use that as an opportunity to actually build schedules and build routines that you can stick to. Because when you're no longer feeling motivated, that routine is still there. And they say that routines turn into habits. So it's the most important thing for you to actually have a routine. 
I can actually share like a personal example of this. When I first started building out this podcast, the first couple of months, I was extremely motivated. I was seeing the show grow. I was really, really excited, but I started getting a little bit burnt out and a little bit tired as the months progressed. And if not for my planning and my scheduling of, you know, on Friday nights, I spend time with myself and I record my episodes. I'm sure I would have missed weeks of recording if I didn't have that schedule ingrained into my head. What should I do in an interview when I'm asked a question that I don't know the answer to? Oh my gosh, I actually have an Instagram reel coming out. Um, I think I'm going to do it for this coming Friday. So you might have seen this um, before this episode gets released. But here's a spoiler in case you haven't checked it out yet. If you are asked a question and you don't know what the answer is, do not lie and do not talk in circles. I very often will get candidates, you know, who don't know the answer to something and they'll just spiral. Like they will talk for eons. They'll give me like their thought process, where they should have learned this, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll have other people who will just straight up lie. They'll be like two plus two is eight fight me on it. You're not going to fight me. Two plus two is eight, blah, blah, blah. And we know when you're lying. Like I asked the question because I know what the right answer is. So my advice is if you don't know the answer, be honest, but here's the key. Explain what you'll do to figure out the answer. So if you don't know what two plus two is, first of all, stay in school kids. If you don't know what two plus two is, you need to say, actually, I don't know what the answer is to that, but here's how I would go about figuring that out on the job. Boom. You killed it. You just got the job. Anyone who has been a long-time listener knows that I'm a gelato fiend. I don't know if it's my Italian roots or my sweet tooth, but it's a thing. So when I first tried Copa di Gelato a few years ago, I fell in love. They started 16 years ago as a little ma and pa cafe serving gelato and a bunch of other goodies. And 16 years later, they are now Southwestern Ontario's largest producer of gelato and sorbet. You guys know I would not lie to you. And trust me when I say you can taste the difference. Everything they make is from scratch. Their gelato is made with 100% Canadian milk. It is all locally sourced and many of their flavors are all natural. Not to mention their sorbet is vegan, like hello, and the flavors are to die for. Some of my favorites have been milk and cookies. uh, Toffee cappuccino crunch actually is one of my favorites, but my all-time favorite is mango tango. Like it is so good. They're so delicious. I love their gelato so much that I actually reached out to them and asked a partner because I already had some tubs in my freezer and I thought, this makes sense. I need to reach out. You can pick them up at Sobeys, Foodland, Metro, 7-Eleven, and so many more independent local grocery and convenience stores across Ontario. You need to try them and let me know what your favorite flavor is. DM me, message me, let me know. You can find them at www.copadigelato.com and that's spelled C-O-P-P-A. D-I-G-E-L-A-T-O. Or you can also find them on Instagram and Facebook at at the.copa. I love me some Copa di Gelato. Thank you so much for partnering on today's episode. Lots of love, you guys. Someone asked, how do I figure out what I'm actually good at and what I want to do? I am actually going to be doing an entire episode on this because I get asked this question, I kid you not, hundreds of times a week. And I'm not going to say that I have like the secret code to figuring it out, but I low-key feel like I have the secret code. Like, I'm not going to lie. Mostly because my job is career coaching and I ask very strategic questions to help people figure out what they want to do that I kind of think I have a formula to help people figure it out on their own. So I'm actually going to make a YouTube video and a podcast episode on this. That's something that I'm going to be working on over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Someone said, how do I stay engaged with my mentor? 
I love this question. Think about your mentor as someone you are booking time with every you know, every two or three months. So think about them as an appointment, as someone that you need to connect with every two to three months. You can also stay in touch with them via LinkedIn. Maybe you comment on their posts or send them kind of articles that you think they might enjoy or they think are interesting. How do I put recommendations on my resume? Do I just put contact? Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. <laughs> like, what am I saying? Someone asked, how do I put recommendations on my resume? Is it contact info, a quote, or a full recommendation? So I would actually say don't put them on your resume. I think they take up a lot of space. And if the employer needs it, trust me, they're going to ask. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. I would actually omit it. Someone said, how do I deal with rejections during job applications or the interview process? This is such a good question. First piece of advice is please don't be hard on yourself. I actually heard a quote from one of my Insta followers that I absolutely adored, and it was, uh, it's not rejection, it's redirection. I think that's so powerful. So first of all, don't beat yourself up. It doesn't mean that you aren't qualified. It just means it wasn't the right role or the right company at this, you know, at this current moment in time. The other thing that I do is really frame this as a learning opportunity. So use this as a chance to reconnect with the recruiter and ask for feedback. You can ask for areas you might want to improve or grow. And this is a really great opportunity, not only for you to level up your skills, but it leaves a very good impression on that company of you. It makes them think that you are constantly looking to grow and develop. So the next time you apply, they already are going to have a really good positive um, reaction to your name. How do I stand out in a virtual interview? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy this question was asked. I told you guys, you always come in with the heat, the fire, the best questions. The issue I personally find with Zoom interviews is candidates do one of two things. They either go like blue pill, which blue pill in this instance is going to be, they prepare so much that they turn into robots. They're really stiff. They're not making eye contact. They're not, you know, even making an effort to be personable. They're being really, really stiff and cold. Or candidates get so loosey-goosey, like they're, you know, drunk FaceTiming with the girls on a Thursday night after two bottles of Chardonnay. Like there needs to be a middle ground. Um, I actually have a YouTube video on this that goes more into detail, but here are basically the Smarks notes. Tip number one is definitely prepare, but please do not memorize a script. Even though it is over a camera, we can still tell if you're being really structured and stiff with your body language. We still want to be able to feel, you know, like we're having a conversation with you, that it's really a two-way dialogue just to learn more about your experience. So don't be too stiff, and that can sometimes happen by over-preparing. The next is people forget about the importance of, you know, smiling, of body language, of coming across as quote-unquote warm or likable. And I do have a podcast episode on this part as well for tips on how to be likable. But for Zoom interviews especially, it's really important that you still smile when you're talking about things you care about. Or if they say something charming or funny, it's important that you still you know, speak with your hands or move your body just a little bit to show that you're really engaged. So those are some little tips that I have just to help you stand out virtually through the screen. Another question is, what is the best way to find new career opportunities? another amazing question. I'll give you kind of the basics. We know that we love LinkedIn. We know we love websites like Indeed and Glassdoor, yada, yada, yada. Those are all lovely. However, there are really unique places for you to find job postings. Like it's 2020. It's 20 freaking 20. We do not only need to look on LinkedIn. Instagram, guys, believe it or not, there are job postings on Instagram. Look up the hashtag job seekers. Look up the hashtag jobs Toronto or jobs Chicago. There are going to be jobs posted on Instagram directly from organizations and companies. So that's an amazing tip that I highly recommend. In addition to that, you know me, I'm always preaching networking. 
A lot of jobs, up to 85% of jobs are filled by referrals. So if you are networking and you have people advocating for you, you know, at their companies, you might be offered a job before that's even posted. So make sure that you are networking and also get a little bit creative with where you're looking for these job postings. What are some of the most commonly asked questions during a second round interview? Okay, so this is going to be a little bit different for every single job that you apply to. Every company is different, but rule of thumb, your second round interview will usually get a little bit more nitty gritty. And what I mean by that is your first round interview is often going to focus on, you know, your general career path, your general career aspirations, perhaps learn a little bit about how you work on teams, all of that good stuff. Your second round interview is usually, I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt because it does depend, but it is typically going to focus more so on the specific skills that they need for the job. So for example, if this was a marketing position, your second round interview will probably ask more questions about what would you do in this given situation or how do you optimize you know, X, Y, Z. So get more prepared for more technical, hands-on, so to speak, questions. This next question's a little bit different. Um, it's actually about social media. So for those of you who don't know which I feel like I've mentioned it 40 times in this episode. I'm so annoying, whatever. Um, I also have an Instagram and YouTube page and my Insta like Loki took off a couple months ago. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know what happened, but a couple of my reels went viral and then like, here we are. So I actually got several questions um, in my DMs asking about how I grew my social media accounts, kind of what my strategy was for that. I'll give you like a high level summary now, but I am right now, actually, literally after I record this, I'm going to be recording a YouTube video on this um, and I'm going to go super in depth. But essentially what happened was around probably this time last year, I created the Emily, the recruiter Instagram account. And truly the sole purpose of that was for me to use it as promotion for my nine to five job. So sharing some of the jobs that I was hiring for all of that great stuff. I ended up having like two or three, I think 250, hundred followers. Why did I say that number? So weird. Pardon, Emily, are you okay? Anyways, I had like 200 to 300 followers, I would say on average. And that was how many followers I had for about a full year. And then in October, I actually remember the night that this happened. It was like eight o'clock at night. I was working, you know, fairly late. It was a really busy day at work. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've had so much coffee today. I have so much energy. Like I need to do something, but I want to be productive. What am I going to do? And I was like, I'm going to make a TikTok. Like I feel so nerdy, so old, whatever. I'm making a TikTok. So I did and I posted it and it was obviously like recruitment related and I posted it on my Instagram and it got, I think like three or 4,000 views, which with only a couple hundred followers, I was like, wow, that's actually a really good reach. So a couple of days later, I was like, all right, I'm just going to make another. I gained like, I think 30 or 40 followers from that post. I was like, sweet, let's do this again. And I did that probably three or four times. And then I want to say it was my fifth video or so that had several hundred thousand views. And then the next video got over a million. And then the next video got 4 million. And I was like, what is happening to my life right now? Anyways, long story short, over the course of two months, I went from a couple hundred followers to right now I have 120,000 followers. Like what? How did that happen? I'm not an influencer. This was all a mistake. Anyways, it's fine. It's super cool. And I'm really grateful for it. I'm really happy that the content is helping. But basically how I grew my Instagram in a nutshell, lots of Instagram reels, like that was my go-to and being very mindful of the data and analytics. So I would really watch what happened 
to my followers, to my engagement with every post I made, documented trends, and then created content that more closely aligned to what got me the best engagement. So I'm going to actually post a YouTube video, like I said, going into detail of what specifically worked, but at a high level, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. So crazy. Like it doesn't even feel real. Anyways, next question. How should I answer, why do you want to leave your current role in an interview? This is great. Um, Again, you guys know me. Honesty is always the best policy, but make sure that you say it in a way that's tasteful. For example, if you literally hate your boss, you hate your team, and you hate the work that you do, perhaps don't say that in an interview. That's not a great look. What you could say is, you know, I'm not seeing the growth opportunities that I would like, or I don't feel as supported in terms of my team structure as I would like. So try to be very um, diplomatic, so to speak, in how you communicate that, but still be honest. Um, You could also be honest if it's something like communication or work-life balance or compensation. So you can be honest, just make sure you're being tacked because people will think of you in a negative light if you speak about other people negatively. That is an actual fact. So the more positively you can speak as best you can, it is better for you in the long run, even if you freaking hate your job right now. Twenty twenty has been a lot. I think it's been a lot for everyone. I think it's been heavy. I think it's been hard. It's been, it's been a lot. And when I look back at this last year, I feel a lot of things. But honestly, above all, I just feel really, really grateful. And I know I said this already in the beginning of the episode, but I, I can't thank you guys enough. When I look back at this year, yes, there was a lot of struggle and a lot of difficulty and a lot of. A lot of just heaviness like this year was heavy for everyone um but i look back and i just feel so grateful and so privileged and so just humbled by this community that we've built and 2020 was the year that birthed my passion project it was the year that birthed the show and none of that would be possible without you and if i could say the number one thing that i'm proud of or most grateful for this year it's you guys Oh my gosh, you can't see me, thank God, because I I fully have a tear running down my face. (laughs) But I can't thank you guys enough for being here, for being a part of this community. This has been the most amazing journey over the last year, and I'm so excited to do it all over again. Oh my God, Emily, I cried twice in one podcast episode. I made it a whole year with no emotions, and here I am, but holy crap, it's fine. I'll let it slide. I'm a train wreck, Um, but wow. Thank you guys for everything. I am so unbelievably grateful. Thank you for listening to this episode. I love you to the moon and back and there again. And I hope you have the most amazing holiday season, whatever you are celebrating, whatever you might not celebrate. That's great too. I hope you celebrate your damn self. I hope you enjoy some rest. I hope you have a wonderful and safe, safe, safe New Year's. And I will see you in 2021.